We're back again. It's Chase and Josh of Factor Fantasy. That's Chase. I'm Josh, and we are here to give you episode six in season two of the Loki series here today. It's the final episode of season two. A lot of things come full circle, bring uh, big instances back from last season. We get a few characters uh, that have a little bit of a, an importance that come back around. So really good way to close this chapter out with Loki in season two. Obviously, we've got the rankings next week as well, but in terms of what we see on screen, this is going to do it for uh, the, the, the second season in Loki, man. So before we get started, I'll turn the floor over to Chase to say a few words, and then we'll dive into it. This is a big one, man. This is a big one. Also leaves us with a lot of questions for how the future goes, uh, but it's uh, the peak of the mountain for season two, but this one's all you, Jay Nelly. Cheers to you, brother, and I'll let you take it away. Malice in the Chalice. Sounds good, man. All right, to dive right into this, the episode opens with everyone back at the point where Timely was gearing up about to take the thoroughput multiplier down the gangway. Loki time slips to that moment and tells them they need to get Timely out of there. Timely disintegrates again. Loki asks Obi what they could have done differently. Obi tells him that they took too long. So... Loki time slips and goes faster, but still unsuccessful. Tries again. Loki time slips and tries to go a little bit quicker, and still unsuccessful. So Loki comes to the conclusion that they don't need to go faster. They need to go back in time earlier. So he goes back to the room where Renslayer and X5 are questioning Timely and tells Miss Minutes they need help in finishing the multiplier faster. They try again. Still unsuccessful. Try again. Still unsuccessful. They try a bunch of times. Still unsuccessful. So Loki goes back to when they introduce Timely and OB and go over the plan with the model. At this point, Loki asks OB if he had to know everything that OB and Casey knows about mechanics, physics, and engineering, how long it would take. OB tells him that it would take decades or centuries. So then the screen goes black and words come across and it says, centuries later. Now Loki knows everything OB and Timely and Casey know about mechanics, physics, and engineering. So they go back to the room, they get everything set up. Timely scans his temporal aura for access. Loki goes over a bunch of quick rules, and since he's seen all the failures at this point, he has it like in and out, he's ready to roll. So Mobius is skeptical of all that Loki knows and how he's orchestrating this plan. At this point, Timely is able to make it on the gangway without dissolving, and Loki coaches him to the end of the gangway, one foot in front of the other. Don't put the multiplier down on the dock. It's going to roll off, all this. So at any event, Timely does end up loading the multiplier into the launcher. He spins it around, hits the green button, and launches it into the loom. He's able to get it. Loki tells him to come back, and Timely does make it back inside. And it looks like it's working. They're all clapping and cheering. And Casey goes to check the systems. It's integrating and stabilizing. And everyone's super happy in this moment. They finally got it. They, they, it's successful. Until the readings start going off and the loom is overloading again. And even though they increase the throughput, there are still too many branches. So some dialogue between Victor Timely and Loki. Victor Timely says, wait, the branches of time are duplicating and expanding at an infinite rate. It's a scaling problem. The loom will never be able to accommodate for an infinitely growing multiverse. You can't scale for infinite. It's like trying to divide by zero. It can't be done. And Loki responds, So no matter how much we increase the throughput, it'll never be enough. Never enough, Timely responds. And Loki says, The loom will always fail, and the new timeline will always... And Sylvie chimes in, she says, It's almost as if as soon as the timelines start branching, this was doomed to happen. And the loom disintegrates again, and it's about to end it all. And Loki decides to time slip further back to when Sylvie's about to kill He Who Remains. Loki tries to stop her from killing He Who Remains. He tells Sylvie it all ends if she kills him and that he's seen it and he knows it. And just like the beginning of the episode of Loki trying to start the process earlier and earlier, Loki continuously tries to stop Sylvie from killing He Who Remains and he continuously fails. Every time it was like, <laughs> she kills him, he's like, oh, see you soon. And he heard that about, damn, near 15 times. So, <laughs> anyways, eventually Loki asks He Who Remains why he hasn't tried to stop her or fight back. He Remain pauses Sylvie and talks with Loki. He asks Loki how many times he's been at this and is surprised that Loki hasn't learned how to pause time yet and that he figured Loki would be way past that. And he remains tells Loki he knows about the slipping, 
and that he paved that road for Loki. He remains says, Aw, kiddo, did you really think I was just going to sit back and let her kill me? And that be it? Zip, nada, R.I.P., H.W.R.? No, I told you. Reincarnation, baby. And he remains unpauses time, brings Sylvie back in to start the whole thing over. Now, at this point, Loki himself pauses time, and he says back to he remains, and what makes you think this is the first time that we've had this conversation? And he remains tells Loki that Loki was his favorite, and Loki pulls up a chair and sits down. And a little bit of dialogue between the two, he remains says, so, seems you figured it all out. Hmm, tell me, how was Victor timely? And Loki responds, of course you know about your, and HWR says, wait, don't tell me, you're having some problems with the temporal loom. Look, it's a scaling problem. And he remains a scaling problem. That's what he told you? Victor told you it's a scaling problem. Wow. No. No, there's no problem. And Loki responds, it destroyed the TVA. And HWR says, the temporal loom is a failsafe. When the loom is overloaded with branches, it deletes the ones that aren't supposed to be there. Everything except the sacred timeline. And the TVA? That's just collateral damage. Look, no biggie. Easy to rebuild. And Loki says, what a waste of time. And HWR goes, and as you may or may not know, my variants are already out there. Loki says, we'll find them. He remains says, there's too many. Loki says, it won't stop. He remains says, it doesn't matter. Loki says, it's never stopped me before. And he remains goes, I know, champ. But the outcome to this equation remains the same. You lose. And Loki responds, I know. I know. And he remains tells him to shake it off. And Loki comes to some sort of realization in his head. He says... I'll change the equation. I'll break your loom. And he remains says, but the loom prevents a brutal war where nothing survives, Loki. Not even the sacred timeline. Okay, let's try it this way. Every moment of peace you've ever experienced was yours because I was here, alone, at the end of time, keeping watch. Loki says, I understand. And he remains, tell, goes on, he says, but you want to break the loom. What do you think would happen to your friends? I made the tough choices. That's why I get the big chair. I keep a safe. Can't you see what I'm offering here is mercy? And Loki asks him, mercy for you or for me? No, I'll find another way. And he remains, flicks his device, and Sylvie reappears. And he remains, says, and around and around and around we go. Let's see it. Make the hard choice. Break the loop. And you cause a war that kills us all. Game over. Or kill her and we protect what we can. And then from here, the scene cuts all the way back to season one when Mobius was interrogating Loki in the holding room with the time collar on his neck. Their big first interaction. So current Loki time slips into that Loki. And Loki tells Mobius all about what's going to happen. And I thought that this was kind of cool. Because he's like, hey, I know what we're doing here. And Mobius is like, all right, well, tell me. He's like, well, you're going to go through this, and you're going to play that, and it's going to show me my whole life on a loop, all the choices I made. And Mobius is like, whoa, someone gave you the set list. How are you doing this? <laughs> so anyways, uh, he, they end up coming to some common ground. Loki tells Mobius all about that, and, he, and Loki asks him how they choose who lives and who dies. Mobius tells Loki about a story, how a hunter hesitated killing an eight-year-old boy and branches started appearing and it happened so fast that his partner had to step in and prune the kid, but by then the cat was out of the bag. A couple of the hunters died, all because that one hunter lost sight of the bigger picture. So Mobius tells him, most purpose is more burden than glory. And trust me, you never want to be the guy who avoids it because you can't live with the burden. And Loki asks him, how do you live with it? And Moby responds, scar tissue. And we learn that Mobius' partner who pruned the boy was actually Renslayer. And Mobius says, She knew the hard thing to do was the thing that had to be done. And by hard, I mean impossible. No, there's no comfort. You just choose your burden. Like he says, Thank you, Mobius. And he stands up and he shakes Mobius' hand. Then Mobius dissolves in that ribbon-like style, just like we saw Victor Timely on the gangway. And the scene shifts back to Loki and his friends in Obi's office. They start ribbon dissolving, and Loki pauses time. Sylvie asks what's happening, and Loki tells her that they are outside time. 
He tells Sylvie that he thought he'd go back and fix the loom, but that the loom is just a failsafe to protect the sacred timeline. And Sylvie realizes that the only way anything survives is if she never killed he who remains in the first place, and that now Loki has to kill her. And Loki's at a loss. He thinks it's a sacred timeline or nothing. And Sylvie tells him it's not enough just to protect the sacred timeline. Even down there, it's full of death and destruction and injustice. She asks him if he really wants to be the god who takes away everyone's free will to protect that. And Loki asks her, what good is free will if everyone is dead? And Silly tells him, who is Loki to say we can't, dry, we can't die trying? And who is he to decide that they can't die fighting? Silly continues, you're replacing one nightmare with another. I grew up in an apocalypse, Loki. I've lived through enough of them to know that sometimes it's okay to destroy something. And Loki finishes her sentence, if there's a hope that you can replace that thing with something better. So then time, or Loki time slips back to where they attempt to use a throw up multiplier again. Loki goes down to the entrance to the gangway, locks the doors behind him so Mobius and Sylvie can't stop him. And Loki says to Sylvie and Mobius, I know what I want. I know what kind of god I need to be. For you, for all of us. And he uses his magic to open the doors to the gangway. And I thought this moment was super cool, how they like, it was all visualized on this gangway. He starts walking out in his TVA clothes with his tie and his uh, like, like little suit thing. And as he's walking, those clothes start to strip away. And what comes on is his warrior armor from Asgard with the antler helmet. I thought it looked really, really fucking cool. And he gets to the end of the gangway and uses his magic to destroy the loom. And he begins grabbing all of the dying branches. And as he grabs them, they turn fluorescent green. Eventually, he opens up a rip in the atmosphere, and he walks up steps that are non-existent and walks through that rip. The branches follow him, and the rip closes behind. And Sylvie says, he's giving us a chance. And the scene moves to Loki in this separate dimension at the end of time. He's grabbing all of the branches and pulling them along. Then he sits upon the stone chair slash throne, whatever you want to call it, and he pulls the branches together, and his magic bursts through every one of the branches, creating an organized tree-like structure with Loki at the center, keeping it all charged and powered. And the screen goes black, black and the words after come across the screen. And it's B-15. She walks into the control room. It's pretty cool because the screen that used to show the temporal loom with the branches now shows that tree-like structure on it. I thought that looked pretty cool. And Obi has reprogrammed Miss Minutes, and he's hopeful that she won't try to kill them all again. And Mobius is at his desk, and he has the reports on the variants of He Who Remains. His variants don't know the TVA exists yet. And Mobius picks up another file on his desk that says, Your file as requested on the sticky note. And Mobius catches up with B-15 at the Timekeeper mural, and she says Casey is going to have them taken down. And Mobius tells her they're a good reminder that those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it. Mobius tells B-15 that he's leaving, and he's got to go see what he's been protecting all this time. B-15 tells Mobius if he ever wants a seat in the war room, it's his. And B-15 asks if Mobius is scared, and he says, oh yeah. And she chuckles and walks off to the war room. From there, the scene shifts to OB opening a box with brand new TVA guidebooks that are a different color. I thought that was cool. And the scene shifts to the child, Victor Timely, just playing with his potions, and then it shifts to Ravana as she wakes up on the ground and under some grass is the TVA and it says for all time always and a metal emblem and the world starts shaking and it seems like she's in an apocalypse timeline. But I thought that was pretty cool. It almost seemed like Planet of the Apes style if you guys ever watched that where the Statue of Liberty's head was on the ground. It kind of reminded me a little bit of that, the TVA that being there on the, on the ground. But anyways, the scene shifts to Mobius as he is in the real world and he's wrestling around with his kids and he seems really happy and the TVA Mobius looks on and almost like in longing and Sylvie shows up and walks up beside Mobius they talk about it being weird that Loki isn't there Sylvie tells Mobius that she'll see him around and he asks her where she's gonna go and she shrugs her shoulders and then she asks him where he's gonna go he tells her that he's gonna hang out there for a bit and let time pass and Mobius looks on at his house and the camera pans out and as the camera pans out, it shifts to green branches and flows into where Loki is there holding it all together. He gives a wry smile, and the episode and the season ends. So that was my nice little recap summary. 
Chase, go ahead and go through the takeaways. Tell them what I missed. Tell them the good. Tell them the bad. Give us your thoughts on it. This episode was awesome. Uh, it was absolutely badass. Honestly, my favorite part of this entire episode was when he kept trying to restop Sylvie, and it kind of really took us back to like way back in season one. So that was like even a full circle moment for the series. And, um, you know, it showed really no matter what he did, like he can't change anything. But the whole battle scene was awesome with him like going back to that same moment over and over again and reinteracting with he who remains. And then just in the end, just knowing like there's nothing he could even do. Um, I thought it was interesting. My only issue I have at one point was like when he got the information at the end and kept jumping like decades into the future because it like well not jumping but like he spent all this time learning and then you're just back into the present i was kind of like that's a little bit of a stretch because like he jumped like all this time he like had to wait to learn this but I, I took it for well, what he it kept, was. I was yeah, okay with it. I, to answer that real quick and to at least give my perception on it, because I didn't have a problem with that at all. In my mind, it was he was learning what he could up until the point the lumen exploded and he'd just keep time slipping back to that moment and doing that for centuries. You know, it would it'd, it'd be a long process and thankfully they didn't put all that on screen. <laughs> but that's why they just said centuries later. But it makes sense that he would just learn what he could in the little amount of time they had and when it was about to explode, go back to that time and keep learning and just keep rinsing and repeating until he learned all that he needed to learn. That's, that's the way I, I interpreted it. Yeah, it makes sense. I was just sitting here thinking like centuries later. There's no Marvel movies centuries from now, but I was okay with it. I, I let it go. I, I mean, there is no uh, plot hole in it or anything, so I just accepted it for what it was. Now, I will say, like, it was, of course, it was well-written. I thought it was fantastic that at the end they gave the homage to his old, like, Asgard costume there uh, when he did make the ultimate sacrifice and it's really a full circle moment for Loki because if you think about what we were talking about in the previous episodes, uh, the one I actually covered, remember he was sitting at the bar with Sylvie and they were talking about people just wanting to be in their own timelines and basically like live peacefully. But he really wanted to see his friends. Like in the end, he missed his friends and not being alone. And he made the sacrifice to do that so that his friends can live peacefully in their own timelines. And just like at the end, it, it was full circle as well, where you had Mobius, you know, offered the position by Hunter B-15. So a lot of really full circles for Mobius in this season. <laughs> exactly, like with the Wave Runner we talked about before. But And uh, I thought it was just a really a beautiful ending after he made the ultimate sacrifice that Sylvie and Mobius watch the timelines that they're in and mobius even said like he's just letting time pass just kind of taking it all in that now you see you know mobius is really missing loki at this point and uh and of course you know you actually did see that obi did become a bestseller <laughs> and you see the actual like leather bound uh tva handbook so overall it was just a fantastic episode like everything was great about it the only one minuscule detail was the centuries later. I was kind of like, what the fuck? But whatever. So it, it was good, man. I, I thought it was excellent. I would give it an A. What are your takeaways, Jay Nelly? Yeah, I thought that it was really cool. I also, yeah, my favorite part of the whole episode was when the, his regular clothes got stripped away and it was his his warrior outfit from Asgard. I thought that was super sick. And then his own full circle of him always wanting to be king and you know what do kings do? They sit on the throne, and at the very end, Loki's sitting on that chair holding it all together. So I thought, you know, he was born to be king. He wasn't fucking wrong. He, he, now he's holding all the different realities <laughs> together. Without him, they all die, you know? But it just was different than what he probably envisioned or expected when he was trying to become this king, maybe, you know? But it's cool, as it shows his character progression from where we started with him in the first Avengers you know, way back in the day when he brought an alien army to New York City and got his ass sent back. <laughs> got like Hulk <laughs> threw him around like a little rag doll. <laughs> but 
in any event. Yeah, no, I thought his moments there were really cool. Mobius being able to go back and see his family and what that looked like and how he just was going to sit there and pass the time was interesting because obviously time passes differently in these separate timelines. Remember, OB and Mobius, they said they met each other 400 years ago. You know, 400 years, that's way past a regular human's lifespan, obviously, by almost, yeah, over four times, typically. So it's very, it was very uh, cool. I, I, I did like everything that they put into it and made us really laugh at some stages. And, you know, it, I also did appreciate it did get a little repetitive with hit them having to keep going back in time and try and try again. But what it did is it really showed that this wasn't they, they, they did everything they could before that this was the ultimate the decision of, all right, I've got to do this. You know, they tried and they were able to get the the thoroughput multiplier into the loom and it did open up the branches but didn't matter and you know he tried to stop sylvie from killing he remains all this time and it all came down to he would have to kill her uh, or you, you know do what he did and he had to make that choice like well do i save sylvie or do i kill her and you know we'll, we'll protect this sacred timeline and we'll, we'll kind of do what we can and almost in the words of he remains exactly you know we'll protect what we can and so the fact that he made the big choice. Now he's got the big chair. That's a full circle in and of itself too, man. It was a really good episode. In my opinion, it was probably the best episode of the season, which is really unique where, you know, you, every time you put a new episode out, you would want it to be better than the one previous. And this is one of the series where it's almost like that. Exactly. I know I have like one change. What I'll talk about next week in our rankings and, and stuff, but dude, I will say the, this was a really great way to end this series. And yes, there's always going to be those challenges you have when it comes to time travel and trying to make sense of it. And some things in, you know, there's obviously infinite possibilities if there's infinite universes and parallels and all that. So it gets really, it, it sometimes it's hard to follow, but they did as good of a job with the time travel that I, as I've seen to this point on screen, a lot of, a lot of different works have tried it. And I think this one was likely the most successful in helping us understand it, at least in a way where we kept up. And even if there's things that don't make sense, I just don't know if there's ever going to be a way to really be able to comprehend that in our, in our own minds. So the takeaways from it, yeah, I also give the, the episode an A. I thought it was really great. It's a great way to end the season. It, it just kind of leaves you wondering you know, what's next now, you know, is Loki going to go see his friends by doing his little magic where he, you know, does a couple different versions of himself, you know, when they caught Brad Wolf and he did the whole shadow magic trick and had four of Loki's. Is he going to have to like send shadow versions of himself out there? Because who's going to, they can't really go visit the real him. He's going to be sitting there. Maybe some people who can maybe like Thor or other gods or other people who've got wild, access to technology and supernatural ability maybe they can but you know these people in the tva like mobius casey ob sylvie might be able to but outside of that how's he gonna go visit his friends or is he just gonna be there and they're just gonna know he's there and i don't know it's just it, it kind of leaves leaves us thinking about that and then obviously you know i thought about when we should even discuss and we'll probably talk about this a little bit later on uh, in, in this episode but now we've got this other issue of where, well, you know, he who remains, what do we do here? What do we do with all this and then the variants and things of that nature just because of, of out of our control in, in the real world, people are people. And sometimes decisions are made and, you know, that some something may be going in a different direction after this whole buildup. So like, what really it does is it excites me for what's next. And it's really funny because... Chase and I just recently saw a standalone film and we've been sitting there talking about how some of these standalone films from Marvel have kind of missed the mark a bit, but this, this big buildup, I still has me excited about what comes next, at least on this side uh, of, of the field. And I really do think, and I've said it before, we've been so much more successful with these series versus a feature film. These feature films, there's, we always find 
a good amount of issues with them. But the series, yes, they had their their issues, but for how much screen time there is between them being anywhere from half an hour to an hour per episode, they do a really damn good job. So in any event, to, to wrap that up on, on my end, yeah, I thought it was really great. I would rank it very highly, and I gave it a, a score of an A as well. If you want to put it on a 1 to 10, probably put it at an 8.8, 8.9, I guess maybe, maybe a 9. Yeah, I'll give it a 9. I'm feeling generous today. I'm feeling, feeling real <laughs> generous today. I'm going to give this bad boy a 9. Yeah, man. So that, that's my, my takeaways on it. Did you have any follow-ups to that before we jump into your debate for the day? Uh, I mean, just follow-ups on it. I mean, it was just, it really does raise a lot of questions, which will go into my debate, which there's one big debate question we'll save for next week, but it does raise a lot of questions even for the entire season because, like, this is just season two, right? But some of the things that have happened here, it makes you wonder how you can even have a season three. So it it's it, that's all I'll say about that for um my debate for the day i guess it kind of leads into it is is there going to be a season three and is it gonna have loki in it is loki are we gonna see loki ever again at this point what do you think i think we are going to see Loki again. Obviously, it'd be a very anticlimactic if he just sat there in the damn chair for the end until the end of time, holding the dang branches. Probably get tired. Arm guy get sore, you know. <laughs> but no, on a on a real note, I just don't see. I, I see him making appearances, but kind of in the way that I mentioned, he'd probably split his body and and like go visit. So when they go to touch him, he's probably not real. You know what I mean? So it's almost oh, like a yeah. phantom of him type of situation. But definitely be able to speak with him and get his thoughts on things and catch up with his friends. I definitely think that. And, you know, I, I know that we had talked about potentially saving this till next week. But I do think it is important to really bring up here in this episode as it's the ending episode. And, you know, you ask a good question of what the heck's going to happen for season three and beyond with everything that is going on on the on the real world side of things with the actor Jonathan Majors. You know, Disney made a decision and what are we going to do from here? You know, the only thing, you know, to answer your question where I think, yes, I do think we're going to get a season three. And I know that you made a comparison to one of the other series that we haven't covered just yet, where a lot of he who remains, how do you call them? Variants. Variants. Yes. Yes. They, 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 a lot of he remains variants were all of the same thing, and they were what was what was that one that they were in? There was like five or six of them, or a, a, in the stadium, and they were like laughing and so what, what was that? Was that the uh, Ant Man one? Was that Ant Man the? That wall? was uh, the one shot uh, Ant Man, uh, Quantum Mania, the right. third one. Okay, yeah. so it was Quantum Mania, right? So yeah, it was one. It wasn't a series. My apologies. It was a it was a one feature film there that we we didn't cover we decided against it and probably for good reason but in any event (laughs) uh what i will say is i know that all of those variants carried the same semblance and likeness to him but if we remember back in season one of loki when loki saw his own variants they all looked different they were all different loki's like sylvie was different you had the alligator loki you had the kid loki the old man loki the loki with thor's hammer like we had just so many different ones so maybe it, they can kind of play it in that fashion of, all right, well, these are variants of He Who Remains, but they just look different. That that would be a good segue and something that they they can kind of get themselves out of the hole they dug themselves in with it. So I do think that we are going to get a season three. I just I believe that the variants are going to be more like the Loki variants in season one, and they're going to appear differently, and they're not going to look the same. So that, that's my thoughts on it. What about yours? Yeah, my thoughts are, I think, for the initial question, uh, I think you, I mean, you're going to have to do something to have a season three. I mean, I don't know how he gets out of there, like you're saying. I think it's probably, yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe you have another variant of Loki again in the other timeline. Um, It would be interesting if, like, you never did see Loki again and it was, like, Loki season three, 
but it really just should be called Mobius and Sylvie. And it was like all about Mobius and Sylvie trying to get everything back organized. Maybe that's where they go, right? Maybe it starts out with like Mobius and Sylvie and they're trying to get him back and find another way to like fix it. And they have to, then it gets really out of left field. They go to like Odin and Thor and like, that's how they brought it. I don't know, but is it Odin no, dead? I, yeah, I guess he's dead, right? So, but then again, everyone dies and comes back apparently, <laughs> according to this multiverse stuff. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, so I don't know what would happen there. And yeah, you brought up a very good point. I was thinking about saving it to next week, but yeah, it's a good idea to bring it up now. Um, it makes me wonder too, because they've also thought about trying to steer away the trajectory from Kang into like maybe another villain like Dr. Doom or something. So, but I just feel like if you steer away from Kang, well, he who remains (laughs) now, you feel like it's not really concluded. Like there was like something missing there. What's your thoughts on that? Do you, I feel like almost like, you have to, like, it's going to suck, but you're going to have to recast. Like, you've invested, this is, or you've invested too many series into this villain as a character to not see it progress into a proper conclusion. That's almost like Game of Thrones and the abandoned plots. (laughs) Like, you know, like, the abandoned prophecies, right? The prophecy of he who remains. Like, it's just just abandoned the whole shit altogether. I don't know. What are are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's better to recast or to move away from the character? That's a tough question. And the reason why it's difficult is because I agree there'd be no sense of closure. In our minds, there's this other bad guy out there that we've not taken care of. And then we're never going to take care of him because they're not going to bring him back into my knowledge. You know, who knows? Maybe I know that the initial verdict was rendered and Disney made a decision. But who knows if there's going to be an appeal and if there is an appeal, if that decision goes any different. I know typically speaking, they don't. But anyways, there's there's some there's still I think I don't think the chapter's just done quite yet there. It would be a difficult thing to recast a main villain, but things do happen. I mean, we've seen it in all of the major shows and movies that we covered. In Harry Potter, Dumbledore is recasted, a very major main character, and it wasn't but through no one's fault. He passed away in real life, unfortunately, and they had to recast him. And then we see in Game of Thrones, there was a bunch of recasts. The Mountain was recasted two times. You know, Daryl Harris, another decently main character, recasted. Tommen played Martin Lannister early in season three. You know what I mean? It's just, so it does happen. And there are ways, I guess, we just have to accept because we accepted it before with other works and other productions. <laughs> it, it would be tough, though. But I think that would be more preferable to do a recast and continue on with the storyline. Maybe we put it to the side for now, but we got to come back to it. So even if we, like you said, if other things have been mentioned in the works, like Victor Von Doom and like all that. So if, if all that is going to be the new direction, that's fine. But we do need to come back to this at some point. You can't, I don't think we can just act like we didn't just spend three to four years building up to this guy and then be like, ha, just kidding. Forget all the stuff you watched. It's never coming around again. So hope you enjoyed Loki. Hope you enjoyed, you know, the Ant-Man and the Wasp. Hope you enjoyed uh, fucking, what is it, WandaVision. Hope you enjoyed all these things. But (laughs) guess what? So sorry. Very, very sorry. (laughs) No, I, I definitely think that they are going to continue on with it i just don't know what the timeline looks like now and i don't know exactly how they're it's gonna look i don't know if it's gonna be a recast and yeah i i I hope we get a conclusion to this big build-up that we've had over the past three to four years so that's that's my thought on it yeah and what i'll say is you know for everyone's situation whoever i hope everything works out for the best to so we'll kind of steer away from exactly whatever the situation was but what i will say is 
Disney getting rid of him and announcing it publicly, I don't see them like going back on their decision for that. Like I like once you announce it publicly, like I really hope everything works out well for everybody. You know, he you know best of future for him, but for this particular series, I can't see them being like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like here, here here's your job back like i don't think it works like that like i mean it could but they're too prideful to ever do something like that um but also it makes me wonder it brings up a big debate um for and i got a question for you here say they do just abandon it altogether, or say they continue on this path and recast based on the up and down of the multiverse saga specifically as a whole and we know there has been successes and there has been flops if they entirely abandon it and go with another character is the multiverse saga considered a failure at marvel and how do you as recasting how do you try to fit this all together so it would be considered a success or have they already gone too far with everything so (laughs) you know with plot holes things kind of not you know not taking off like Eternals for instance they thought that was going to be like the next big film and clearly I don't know how it got off the editing floor <laughs> is what I, I, I would say about that. But then you add stuff like Spider-Man No Way Home and you have the Loki series. But it's all been for this one purpose of Kang overall. So this throws a major wrench <laughs> in here. Is this... <laughs> is this... Um, what would you consider this? Is this a success is it a failure is it a potential success or is it a potential failure what do you what do you think i I think i love the fact that you use a major issue being a major (laughs) wrench (laughs) in any event (laughs) to (laughs) answer not mentioning any names but (laughs) from he who remains Anyways, back to you. <laughs> to answer your question, I think that if this never was picked back up and we were left as is, there's too many flops for the stage to be considered or phase to be considered a success. Because was this considered phase five? Is this are we in phase five or phase four? It was. It's a. From what I understand, I might have this wrong, so correct me if I have it wrong. I think it started in phase four, and now we're in phase five, and it's going to end in stage six with whatever their next two Avengers films are. So I'm not exactly sure, but you can correct me on that if that's the case. Yeah, so I'm just Googling it real quick just to take a look. Right now... Phase 5 features all the Marvel Studios productions set to be released starting from 2023 to 2025. So, yes, we are in Phase 5 now. So, yeah, I believe that if this never gets picked back up, this entire phase, is, is a, it, it's got to be considered a failure. Simply because we've there's been a lot of flops. I think the standalone movies for one have not have been great overall there's been a few good ones there's been a a couple that are enjoyable and that are you know they fit well into a plot line and actually make sense but there's been three to four that were just being nicely below way below average you know there's been two that were just absolute dog shit but anyways (laughs) like point being is we didn't really see this in the other phases of marvel yes we've had some bad movies but they are very sporadic and they weren't like very it wasn't like they were next to each other it was not one after another you know there's been three releases this year 
right, well, I guess if I want to count the rolling 12 months because obviously it's only the second month of 2024. But in a rolling 12 months, there's been three movies that did not meet the Marvel standard in my opinion. And that's me putting it very, very nicely. But before that, like you might have one movie in an entire phase that was a little bit, yeah, you know, Iron Man three. I always use the example. I thought that was probably one of the worst movies Marvel's ever done. But that's not something that we that was not a typical occurrence. It wasn't happening over and over and over again. But we're running to this point where more recently. The films have come out have been subpar. So, with that coupled with the fact of well, I don't want to say a fact that this is just a theory. If they don't come back to this, so let's let's just say in real life, like we're assuming this is true just for this sake of the debate that we're setting this to the side. We're not going to pick it back up. When I say we, I'm talking Marvel. If they don't, if they don't pick back up here with the multiverse and this is how it ends. I don't know how you can consider it a success. It, it, number one, you have, you've got, we've got no conclusion to it. You built us up to something. We've had like interesting series that were cool, but they were supposed to be building up to the grander, huge Avengers movie to come. So if you would just pivot and shift directions and we never picked this back, we're, we're just stuck like, well guys, remember three, decades ago when we we're supposed to have this really big villain and it never happened. Huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I guess I could try to pick it back up later and, and maybe tie it into these things. It just doesn't make sense. So I, I do believe they are going to have to have a conclusion to this phase. Otherwise there's no way you can consider it a success. That's my thought. Remember we were supposed to have like the prince or princess that was promised. And then that just, never happened it kind of be the exact same honestly because <laughs> you've teased this for a very long time now and then suddenly your answer would just be well you know loki beat him like that was the answer was loki fixed the timelines and it that was the end <laughs> we're just like what <laughs> like that what the fuck <laughs> let me like Please explain. <laughs> but uh, I think you're right. I think it's tough for me to say because what sucks is like you had Spider-Man No Way Home. Is that even in this phase though? Or was that end of phase four? That might be phase four. I'm not sure when it was released. It might have been, that might have been the end of phase four. Let me go ahead and, and look that up real quick. What Spider-Man No Way Home was in terms of phases. Yeah. Point being is it, yeah, it was the ninth another. installment of phase four. Oh yeah, then phase five has been dog. Oh wait, shit. sorry. Uh, wait, <laughs> sorry. No, wait, wait, this it was are you talking about No Way Home or which is the one that you're talking about? Uh No Way Home. Yeah, No Way Home was uh the ninth installment of phase four. Okay. Yeah. Phase five has been dog shit. Sorry. <laughs> like, I don't want to say dog shit, but overall, and there has been pretty good movies for for every outlier. For every outlier has been kind of like there's been one pretty good movie. Like you've had like Guardians 3, right? That was pretty good. Like back in the day, if you think of when Marvel was at its peak, we would have said that was good. Like it was average. Like that was good. That's what we would have said. Now we're saying, wow, Guardians 3 was a banger. And it's because you have shit like Eternals that came out. And, and you know what's crazy is being honest, the cast that Eternals had, that movie should have been a fucking banger. <laughs> like with the cast, the money they spent on the fucking cast for that film that movie should have like broke records. You had Angelina Jolie, you had Richard Madden from Game of Thrones, fucking Kit Harrington, Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. Salma that, Hayek. Salma Hayek, yeah, it was movie should have been a banger and I don't it was very strange is what it was. And and on top of that, yeah, just like you said, it's been like repeat 
after repeat fail. Like they had a series because we only cover the top of the top here. That's the way it is. We cover the top of the top. And that's why we can't cover everything. Like they had the She-Hulk series that was so bad. It got canceled after one season. Like people complained about it so bad. It got canceled after one season. <laughs> we will never see Hulk again on a TV series because that got canceled. Like you'll see him in the movies, but and I don't know if you'll ever see She-Hulk again. I mean, She-Hulk might be just done, <laughs> done forever, honestly. Uh, but I mean, it's been so many. Just even um, if you look at the Marvels, oh my word! Just recently, it was like. <sighs> My mind couldn't even comprehend how that made it out of the editing room. With all the like stuff we're just, just supposed to assume we're fine. <laughs> like we were just supposed to assume that's okay. And that's the problem. Was, we've grown now. They've had such a poor streak that we've been prone to have to start getting excited for a subpar film. There's no way that should be the case. So I agree with you. I, I would say phase five absolutely would be a fail. If it had no way home in there, I would still say it's a fail, but it'd be very sad because how successful no way home was. But being realistic too, at the same time with no way home, it's not like the storyline was so cool and unique out of the box. I mean, it was, I mean, they were trying to lead into the multiverse, but at the same time, we know why that was successful. It's because you had Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield that kept it a secret all this time, and the damn thing broke the internet. That's exactly why that was successful. So if you look from an overall perspective, even with that in there, you're still like, I don't even know if you pass. Like, I don't know if you get the D. Like, you're still like on the line, like, it's kind of like you have the one star on the field. But, like, dude, it doesn't even matter because yeah. it wasn't even part of the phase anyways. <laughs> yeah, so bottom line is it's like I was trying to give it benefit of the doubt, but it's, yeah, it's a complete failure. And uh, not to drag this on too long and then I'll, I'll shift it over to you, but is if they keep Kang and recast, is there a way to make this outcome of this phase in your mind a success i think the best they can hope for is a is a conclusion not i don't know how successful it can be but just finishing it will have been some sort of consolation prize with all the stuff that they had to deal with of building up one character and all of a sudden that character might be different you know going forward it's very hard to really i mean you saw i mean i think it really is going to depend on who they replace with if we do do a a, a recast if this person puts on the performance of their lifetime and really kills the role, it's possible that it can be salvaged. It's just we've got to live with the fact that we know that this wasn't the initial plan and we got plan B. You know what I mean? We didn't get the top of the top plan. We got plan B because life happens. You know what I mean? So... I think it can be salvaged to the point of acceptance by the audience. I don't necessarily know if it can be considered a resounding success where we're all like, wow, man, phase five was one of the best phases of Marvel. Like I'm not convinced that could be the case. I guess we'll see. I just think it's, it's a hard sell to pivot in another direction once you've built it up this much. I think he's made an appearance in at least four productions, right? Or in, in if not an appearance, at least alluded to in, in conversation 
in at least four productions. That's too much. Uh, that's too much buildup to have what's happening happen. But, you know, at the same rate, and I don't want to overstate this enough, if you do something wrong and you are convicted guilty and you are guilty of those actions, you should pay the consequence. We're more so gearing on the consequences as far as the the fantasy side of the production goes where into the films and, and those things of the fallout for the fans and the audience of Marvel. We are not by any means saying that they need to make up and get this guy back in there because you know obviously what you're can what you're accused of if you're convicted of you should absolutely if you do the crime you do the time we're not sitting here advocating for someone to not be punished and get brought right back in we're just simply discussing the negative fallout as it pertains to marvel and the shows and the movies going forward i want to make that very very clear yeah great point but what about you, Jay Nelly? What debates do you have for the day? So my debate is very lighthearted compared to everything we just went over. So mine is just something really silly, and it's something I noticed, and I went back, and just to make sure that I wasn't tripping. What the fuck happened to the other hunter? What the hell happened to Hunter X5 or Brad Wolf or whatever you want to call him? Uh, he just never, after he st- uh, pruned... Ravonna Renslayer in that room where Miss Minutes was where they had kidnapped Victor Timely when Sylvie had enchanted him and he pruned her and then the enchantment wore off and he just was like, what just happened? We never saw him on screen again. What happened to that guy? Because we saw Renslayer. She ended up getting brought to whatever. So that also leads us to a weird, interesting sub like side note of when you get pruned, obviously you don't actually just die. We just saw Renslayer get pruned and she got dropped into another timeline you know so that is a whole thing of it in and of itself that anyone who actually was pruned this entire series from season one and season two are they actually even dead bro i don't know that we don't have any evidence to suggest that because ravonna renslayer is not and she got pruned as clear as day right in front of her face and then at the very end she's getting up off that grass in the planet of the apes type world where the TVA for all time always was underneath the, the, the ruins and the grass there. So point being is we saw a little bit of a conclusion or, or we got to follow and see where most people ended up. Miss minutes got reprogrammed by OB. OB has his new TVA handbook that's just his. Casey is now more respected at the TVA. Hunter B-15 is like the leader of the War Room Council. We've got Mobius who's going to visit his family. And Ravonna Renslayer, she's in another timeline. What the fuck happened to X-5, man? What happened to my boy? <laughs> like, what did he, like, where'd he go? They just decided to leave him out of the, the closing of this season. What, what did you think? What do you think happened to him? Yeah, I, I that was a great point you made because yeah, I just I, I assumed he became an actor, man. He got put back in the proper timeline, and he's he's over. He's a star now. He's the star he wanted to be. And yeah, you're right though. I have no idea what happened to either one of those. They just weren't even referenced anymore. I mean, maybe that could be like season three. Is we have uh, some Sylvia Mobius going to find uh, some Hunter X5? Yeah, maybe Mobius, uh, you know, goes to his local theater, and it turns out there's a big picture of Hunter X5 on like the movie posters. I don't know. I think it. Uh, that's a great point, though. Like, talk about abandoned plot lines. They just left them. Like, they weren't even referenced at all. I mean. Maybe it was getting to the point, like, there's only so much you can put in this episode to make it, like, with time constraints. But, like, at least reference it or something. Like, it takes two seconds to mention something. And then you can leave it off for, like, another season. But Agreed, man. And my, my thing to that as well, to jump in real quick, is as I went through, I, I just listed out everyone else. We got to see a little bit of where they went and a little bit of a, uh, I don't want to say conclusion, but... But we, we know where they are. Like I said, even even when it comes to Renslayer, we know even though she wasn't really shown and it was just a really quick flash of her landing on that old like timeline, almost apocalyptic timeline, 
we at least saw her there for a quick second. And like I went through all the rest of them. We got to see what happened to B-15. We got to see what happened to Mobius, Sylvie. We got to see what happened to Casey, Obi. But for whatever, and Miss Minutes. And, but for whatever reason, we just left X-5 in that room unenchanted. And we've got no clue what's going on with him at all. <laughs> no idea. What the hell? Yeah, I mean, I just assumed he became an actor again. <laughs> I don't know, man. I have no answer for that one because that's a great point. I think it's a big plot hole. And he wasn't ever, like, pruned or anything, right? Not from what I remember. No, he wasn't. No, the, his last appearance on screen in Season 2 was in that room right after he pruned Renslayer when he was enchanted by Sylvie. Then the enchantment wore off, and he was very confused about where he was. And that was the last time that we saw him. You know, maybe we're going to get something cool where... He, because you know, he was the only one of Dox's Minutemen that decided that he wanted to stay alive and not get crushed in that cube when Miss Minutes and Renslayer went in there and tried to recruit them, and they're all like, "Dude, no, we're not going to follow you." And he's like, "Well, I kind of want to be Brad Wolf again." <laughs> so like, so they all <laughs> ended up uh, getting crushed except him. So I don't know, but now we got this weird thing: is he is he a villain? Is he a good guy? What side is he taking? Is you know so. Maybe he finds Renslayer. Maybe he steals a temp pad and is able to bring Renslayer back into the fold. But, dude, we just never got any sort of reference to him after his last scene, which was an episode or two ago. You know what I mean? I just I don't get it. I don't understand how we're just going to leave someone. I'm not saying he's the most important character and it was egregious, but you got to give us an idea of what like, he did play a, a fairly focal role of we're finding Sylvie in the first place because he didn't want to tell him where Sylvie was. Then on top of that, he ended up being the one that took Renslayer's side when the rest of them <clears throat> decided to die. And then he gets enchanted by Sylvie, and he's the one that prunes Renslayer. Like they, he has an, an enough of enough activity to where we need to have an idea of where his story goes or where at least it left off. But no, he's he's as far as we know, he's still standing there in that room, man. Yeah, I have no idea. I wish I had an answer for you. Unfortunately, I guess we will never know until season three if there is a season three or a major change. I guess so, dude. And the other part of that, too, is what what is Loki just doing now is he just sitting there is he just sitting there holding it you know who's gonna be able to does he gonna eat do gods need to eat does he need to drink does he gotta take a shit you know what i mean like what i don't really know how deities work in terms of bodily functions as it compares to humans but you gotta think he's gotta (laughs) do some stuff man he's you know we gotta use the bathroom what he's gotta he's just sitting there holding the dang timelines (laughs) Like, how sad would that be if all of a sudden your timeline sucked because Loki had to wipe his ass? You know what I mean, oh dude? Like, I just, I'm well, just confused. Took a turn for Loki. All I'm saying sure. is I, I, I don't know what is needed to keep a god's body functioning. And if if it's nothing, okay, fine, cool. Just sit in your little chair, have a sore back. I don't know, dude. But how long is he gonna sit there holding them dang branches? <laughs> I, I guess, I guess the it's just gonna be a long, long life for him. Uh, the <laughs> immortal life of just sitting there in his little throne and holding it. But we've got to have some sort of idea. We might have to look into that a little bit about these these Marvel characters, the ones that have god powers and are gods what their body needs to function because i don't think you can just sit there for six thousand years bro i don't know what do you think Uh, yeah i don't know that's weird (laughs) maybe (laughs) Uh, i don't know that's that's strange i mean i I, you prove a good point maybe he's got like a colostomy bag or something (laughs) when he's on the chair you make another good point though think of it like you wonder if he's even going to be the same Loki if you see him again. Not even his point of, like, yeah, variants and stuff, but think of it this way. Remember when, uh, kind of making a comparison to Game of Thrones here, like, Bran, 
you know, when he turned into the three-eyed raven. Like, he wasn't, like, the same after that. He's like, I'm not Bran anymore, even though, you know, I don't want it, but I want to be king of the whole shit. Like, it's, like, something like that. Like, like I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. Is Do you think this is going to be, like, the same Loki? Is his wants going to be the same? Is he the same kind of person or is this gonna like this whole timeline thing is gonna corrupt him to where he's like this all-knowing being he's not even like the same thing that we once knew like not even almost humanoid in a way what do you think bring up a really good conflict that we've got to think about i don't know as you mentioned that was a really good comparison with bran and the three-eyed raven and how once the old Three-Eyed Raven died and he became the only Three-Eyed Raven, he was very different. And with Loki sitting there holding every single timeline, knowing what's going on in all different multiverses like Addy's holding, I don't know how in the world that, that you wouldn't be changed in some way. See, I was, at first, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, of course, his character developed a lot. He's no longer selfish. He's he just took uh, made a big sacrifice to take himself out of the equation and making sure that they have a chance to fight for themselves and you know maybe they'll figure out a way later on and he'll come back but I'm like yeah that's a good point dude like what, is he going to come back the same is he going to be changed at all cuz he's going to be this omniscient the real god like individual since he knows and sees everything that is happening in every world and all the things that he's holding you know so that's a really good point i really don't have an answer for it other than I'm curious, and I wonder if that's something that they're going to... Because if they just try to sweep that under the rug as if that wasn't going to change someone, knowing everything in all different multiverses, that's another mistake by Marvel. You know, if they don't touch on that at all, or that never comes up, and that's not a factor into who Loki is, then this is something really great that I'm glad that we got on record here of, like, guys, we that would absolutely change an individual, and we're not even going to bring it up. So hopefully Marvel does the right thing and, and, and really explains or shows that later on when whatever whatever we decide to do going forward in the future with marvel whether it's recasting or moving on to another major villain whatever it is whenever loki comes back into play i'm really curious if they're gonna offer some level of explanation on or show that loki has been altered due to what he has been doing however many years they're gonna say he did it for you know, so no, good, good point. But I don't really know if he will be changed. I'm just curious as to how they're going to approach that when the time comes. Yeah, I mean, and final thoughts on this. Think of it this way: maybe that's the only way you beat He Who Remains. Like now that Loki is like this omniscient being with all the timelines. Like that's like the only person I think could be he who remains. Like now you argue like maybe Loki's more powerful than he who remains. Not the Loki we once knew, but the Loki that he just became. And keep in mind, I think that talk about a real full circle moment. If it's a Loki like that, I really don't think he's gonna give a fuck about his friends anymore. <laughs> like talk about a real turn of events there. So I, yeah, man, it brings up a lot of questions. But any closing thoughts? Yeah, just just real quick on that topic. Uh, I I think that it really depends on the direction that they want to they want to take it, you know? I think cuz now there's some things that we do know that we had debates about in past episodes here in season 2 of Loki of like, oh, all the timelines are going to be destroyed with the loom here. But it turns out the loom was just a failsafe, and that sacred timeline was going to be protected anyway. So there's still going to be that one timeline. The TVA was just going to be collateral damage. So the TVA being a timeline and the sacred timeline in parallel with each other—that just never—that's actually not the case. We figured out. We we were able to answer part of our debates from our previous episodes. So that's great. But yes, going forward, you know, I I think that depends on the direction they want to take it in terms of. I've mentioned a few times I think that Loki is going to do his double duplicate body magic and use that to talk to his friends but not even you know I'm thinking about he could use that for a few things he could use that to locate all of he remains variants and maybe that's how and I mean he can send his friends there to take care of it that's something that he could do you know so there's just it just all depends on 
what direction they want to go as long as they choose one that makes fucking sense. So yeah, those are my only closing thoughts on it. Do you have any last words before we get on out of here for the day? Nah, man, just it was a badass episode. It was awesome seeing something put together well that gave us a sick ending, like something you would never really predict. Like I never thought that would be the case. But yeah, man, and uh, we still got one more Loki Season 2 ride of Factor Fantasy Season 3. So I'll let you close this out, Jay Nelly. Yes, sir. And Chase is talking about next week we'll be doing one of our fan favorite rankings episodes that's really fun for us to do we know people enjoy listening to us so we're really excited to to bring that next week as far as today though if this is the first time that you've tuned in we hope you really enjoy what you heard and if you have been someone who's been here since the very beginning of the show thank you for continuously being the shields that guard the realms of fantasy when where you can find us we are online we're on all the social sites we're on instagram at official ridiculous patronus we're on tiktok at ridiculous patronus got backup instagram at fact underscore or underscore fantasy backup tiktok at fact underscore or underscore fantasy got a facebook fan page chase and josh factor fantasy we're on youtube at ridiculous patronus we're on twitter rp factor fantasy we're on snapchat rp factor fantasy and we do have our own website as well as ridiculouspatronus.blogspot.com. So please leave written reviews, leave star ratings, comment, engage with us. It really does help us here on the show. Click like, subscribe, all those great things. And then for the podcast, if you're an Apple user, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. If you're an Android user, you can find us on Google Play. We're also on Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Amazon Music. We're on Audible. We're on Stitcher. We're on Acast, our host site, Podbean. Wherever you get your podcasts, Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy are there. But we are out for the day because this has been another ridiculous production. Chase and Josh. Factor Fantasy. Signing off. off.